listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provision Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot some. I can't remember. We do two different seg- segments. Hello, hello. Check one, two, mic one. Actually, I need, to just, I need to put this back up. Maybe I was good for one. All right, here we go. We're at Poor Brothers. Evan Pike here. Mark and hey. Ryan. Hey, Evan. Hey, we Mark. Are, we are the Pints and Provisions podcast. Loving uh, our scene and loving the weather here in Peoria Heights. But especially um, tonight, we've got a little beer trivia. We've got some blind pours. We're just going to kind of shoot it tonight. Uh, good to be with you guys again. So, uh, our side beer, our table beer. Uh, Ryan, tell us a little bit about our table beer. Yeah, this is a wheat table beer fermented and aged one year in oak with uh, a house-captured wild culture. It was then transferred into cognac punchins Ooh. Ooh. On, a, on top of a large ma- amount of Marion berries from Decker Farms where it continued to age for a number of months. Refermented in the bottle with... Brettanomyces. Ah, with some Brett. You get a little funky Brett. So the beer is by Holy Mountain Brewery from Seattle, Washington, and this one is called Marion Berry Table. It's an American Wild Ale, 6%. Uh, I've only had a couple sips, and uh, it's fabulous. Excellent. It is excellent. really, really good. Marion Berry always brings a lot of jammy. Super jammy. Like super jammy flavors. That's why I always love a Marion Berry. Yeah. Have you ever seen a Marion Berry? I've only had it in beers. I don't really even know what the flavor profile is like. It's, I've got it's a, kind of like a, a blend mead. between like I've got a, a cherry. Mead at home too. That's a Marion Berry oh, from yeah. uh, Superstition. That's I great. Okay, the Marion. Yeah, the what they call it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, we should, is it like a bumpy fruit? You know, like a raspberry, or or, or is it? I'm gonna. I don't know. I would have to Google it. I really don't know. Yeah. Okay. We have the, the world at our fingertips. Kind of like a blend, somewhere between like a raspberry and a cherry, to me. I do get that um, cherry flavor, but I feel like it's really, like, there's a lot of jammy depth oh, to great. it. Like, it's got a lot of fullness. And I it's, think that's the cognac punching coming through, too. I think the, yeah, the barrel, right. this in a barrel for a year, I think, is bringing a lot of characteristics you, to it that's really complex. You would think one time we would do our homework before starting this. This was just off the cuff, though. You All know. right, so here we go. It actually looks a lot like a blackberry. There you go. Looks like a longer yep. blackberry. It's fabulous. Yeah, This it's is beautiful. a great beer, and... I think we've had one other Holy Mountain Sour on the podcast, um, but was, their, yeah. their, their series, quote, table is kind of like a big, you know, noted to be a little bit bigger deal. I don't know exactly the difference of that from some of the other ones. We had... Uh, what was it? Did we have a... We had a stone fruit one, like the Jerusalem or something like that. It's New that Jerusalem. New I Jerusalem. We, I think we had that at your house, right? With apricots, I think. Yeah. Um, apricots. 
And uh, the ones that are titled table tend to be a little bit higher rated, a little bit harder to get, higher popular. The hype train is a little bit larger, longer, whatever you want to call it. Um, yep. I know gin guava table is a big deal people talk about, uh, but the table series seems and to get GGT. a lot of hype. This is the first one that I've had, and it is it really is yeah, terrific. I like it. Great beer. So that's a good one. Um, let's go with our beers of the week. Um, I'm just going to start because being here at Poor Brothers reminds me that I'm going to grab a, another bottle of this, and that is the Late July by White Rooster Farmhouse Brewery down in Sparta, Illinois. This is a tart farmhouse ale aged eight months in a single red wine barrel. Uh, it was fantastic. For Easter Sunday, it was perfect. The weather's nice. You got ham. You got potatoes. You got eggs. Really light, tart, almost lemony, zesty. Kind of reminds you of spring. Perfect beer. Nice. Yeah, for 70, 78 or whatever degree t- day we had yesterday or, or on Sunday. Yeah. That's uh, a, good, a good beer to drink outside, cook some food, and... And it's Enjoy only 5.5%. Yeah. So, you know, drinking a very full pint of that is not a problem. Yeah. All right, Mark. I'm going to go with uh, Prairie Artisan Ales Double Dunk. Ooh, uh, Double it was, Dunk. Uh, it's an imperial stout uh, with uh, brewed with Oreos. Oh. Um, not barrel aged, but just a, a very well done, uh, what I would call pastry stout. Just loads of chocolate, great mouthfeel. Um in my opinion, uh, in the 12-ounce bottles, it's the perfect thing just for me. A lot of times I don't want to crack the big stouts um, by myself if it's in a, a bigger uh, format. But yeah. the, those 12-ounce bottles are perfect to crack. Um, oh, yeah. And just enjoy for that a single, on, a, yeah. on a nice evening. Just uh, crack the thing, and it was it's everything you would want. I mean, it was dessert in a glass. Yeah. What was the ABV? Um, I think it was right around like... Eight? 11 or 12. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I think it's like... Their um, stouts have seemingly become a little bit higher and higher uh, in the uh, ABV. 11.9. And they hide it Jeez. well, so, yeah. 11.9. Yeah, so, you only want a 12-ounce right. format on and, that. And so. it was great. Did you have chunks of Oreos, like floaties? Well, I was, kind of, on top? I was kind of expecting that because we have had some other Oreo beers. I think we had one from... Um, Hornswoggle yeah, from there you The go. Vale. Oh, yeah. Uh, that had some floaties. That had, had chunks of <laughs> I mean, and I, Big time floaties. I was kind of yeah. swirling looking for that, but this was actually pretty refined. I didn't see a whole lot of uh, uh, remnants of Oreos okay. in it, so it, it was yeah. clean. Maybe filtered or... Yeah, maybe filtered. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess depending on how they how they condition it. So, All right, Ryan, what's yours? Mine uh, I had on Friday by Hill Farmstead Brewery. Um <laughs> Yes. Bourbon Barrel Aged Everett 2018. Oh. Wow. Jeez. I think only 8% ABV, but it's their Everett, which is kind of their uh, go-to porter. That's only okay. 7.5% um, on the base. And it's uh, that beer, uh, Bourbon Barrel Aged, for 18 months. They don't give a lot of descriptors on theirs. It's a lot more related to how the beer relates to um, someone in their family whose name is Everett. And they kind of just yeah. describe, you know, it's complex and different things like that. And um, so that was about it for the, the description that Hill Farmstead gives. But uh, it definitely was, for an 8% beer, um, incredible mouthfeel. The, the bourbon barrel aging really does um, a smoothening to it and a thickening to it. And um, barrel came through nicely, but it still had a lot of that, that porter base to it. Uh, nice roasty chocolate. So uh, that was enjoyable. Nice. Yeah, hard to go wrong with any Hill Farms. Oh, absolutely. Beer. Yeah. So, Never had a bad beer from there. Yeah. All right, so the first thing we've got, it, Mark has poured a blinder for us. 
Uh, we have got our opaque glasses, so you can't we can't see them. We can't do anything other than smell and taste. So we've got the palate cleansing um, Marionberry beer, and then we've got our blind beer. So I've been kind of digging into this already. I get a lot of there's a lot of bitterness, almost like I didn't a barley know we could wine. Drink it already. Almost like a barley wine bitter. I get a lot of caramel and toffee on the nose. Yeah, like that. Definitely. It's just malt, malt, malt uh, to me. You get a little roasty coffee, I think. Maybe even a little chocolate, but it's not a not a crazy amount. It just seems to come a little bit more from the malt, probably, and which you could do that. Typical questions. Uh, high ABV, low ABV. What do we got? I'm going to go somewhere medium, probably like 8 9%-ish. Um, I'm getting like some plum flavors, maybe less caramel on the on the, the flavor taste profile. Um, I'm trying to think. It, I, I'm trying to think of what kind of style this could be. I don't think, I just, I think it's it, anything but a barley wine. But I'm just trying to wine. see if there's any other really kind of unique styles. I mean, it's it's not an IPA. It's not a lager. It's not a saison. Or it could be one of Evan's like dogfish head cellar. I mean, IPAs. yeah, I guess <laughs> double IPAs. Raison, That's what I'm thinking of. Like, <laughs> what are these dogfish head type styles out no, there no. that I'm not? I'm not thinking of whatever it is. If it's, I, I think that I feel like this is probably. It's easily within. Like I, I have a hard time thinking this is not barley wine. I have a hard time thinking it's not. Isn't that when we get fooled the most? We got some confident guys here today. Okay, next question: I, I, Is it? Is it? Aged? Is it old? Is it fresh? I think for the I don't I don't know like the bitterness to me could be like old hops like oh it's old world hops not you know zesty citrusy piney hops it's just kind of like bitter hops. <laughs> I don't know. I do not think it's barrel aged. Um, I just get. I don't predominantly think it's super malt. old. I think it's somewhere between maybe six to eighteen months old. No more than two years. I don't think it's two years. I don't get as much oxidized. No, definitely. And I think that the flavors are a little bit too sharp. Yeah. And and pronounced to be aged because I would have expected age to do a beer good and kind of smooth things out. And you get some decent carb as it's going down. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna take a couple more sips and ask. Uh, for the, for the answer to be what revealed. You, what do you think it's what do you think it it does as you taste it knowing what it is, Mark? Um I would say it it's going down much different than what it actually is. Really? In 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 all categories. Based on the description and what it tastes like or based on how you've had it before? I'm I'm saying based on what you guys are saying. <laughs> Interesting. So, um, you know, knowing what it is, I can pick up some of what they're saying, but I would I would have expected this to um, be a little bit different. So um, you would have expected our guesses to be different, or the way it's tasting, you would have expected it to be different. I would the way that what it is and how it tastes is is different to me. It's I would, probably I would. another bottle of Lizard of Kaz that he has in his cellar. <laughs> <laughs> Lizard of Kaz with uh, 
condition on plum and caramel. <laughs> All right, you guys want to know? Yes. All right, so we have uh, it's the 1920 uh, Imperial Stout from Distill. Oh yeah, it's, uh, from 2014. Wow. So it does have a lot wow. of age. It is a cognac, French cognac barrel okay. aged. I remember this beer. Wow. And uh, weighs in at 11.6%. So the age is why there's not a lot of that booziness coming through. And you have, um, wow, notes on it would be uh, a dark roast coffee, dark that- chocolate, black cherries, plums, and hints of molasses. Boom on the plum. Light, and a light smoke. Wow. I kind of get that. I definitely get the smoke. With a on dr- the uh, on the finish, have, it does have a dry finish, and they you know, very and, dry, and they uh, they do mention that that it has a all of French those flavors. Tannins. When you describe all those flavors, it's like that screams barley wine too. Yeah, sure. yeah, and actually, um, this age is probably turned into almost. I think a wine. lot of those. I like a lot of those beers do. I don't. Yeah, I don't particularly like it a ton. Um, I think you guys. I think, I think what it is and what you guys were guessing was pretty spot on, even though it was. I would have guessed that to be a barley wine as well. Yeah. And the, the flavors are, I think you used the word very sharp. Still, I just think they're I out of I balance. Would, I, would, I would expect it to be much more yeah. mellow after uh, having this thing since 2014. Unless, and I'm just going to say it, unless it's not a great beer. Sometimes those, and, I, and I've... It's just a malt bomb. Yeah, yeah, and I've put this on the Instagram page of a couple of beers that I recently cellared and couple of them did not uh, really hold up to the right. test of time, but that um, Boulevard Bourbon Barrel Quad, which is their quad in bourbon barrels with cherries, actually was not terrible. Now, I didn't want to drink a whole lot of it, sure. but the other two were just, ugh. I mean, didn't make the cut. But it's just interesting, and it does help you kind of go through the motions of finding out what what flavors do over time sure and what barrel aging can do to a beer what non-barrel aging and some adjuncts really just fall off right yeah not to be too harsh on the beer itself but I, me- I remember when we did the west ashley blind i mean you guys all very very quickly were like this is a very well-made beer oh yeah um and so you know it wasn't going to be hiding the style a ton and, right. and a lot of that was picked up pretty quickly and so sometimes you just get into something that maybe is just um you know, I don't want to say subpar, but it's, you know, it's not a, a crazy, it was from unique, a, and nothing, nothing super special. Um, go back fine. to the Marion Berry, and you'll just your mind will be yeah. sure. transported think, to another you know, land. I think this. And beer, it's also this, probably this beer, not a beer that's supposed to be aged. Is another thing I would I, say. Is you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, but it's you know, it's it was a part of a a, a one hit series yeah. where they were probably I remember ex- that yeah. they were off, probably yeah. they were experimenting with a lot of different things, and so maybe they tried it. Um, Maybe I I've had it fresh, but I can't remember back that far to know. Like that's 2014, so yeah, um, I remember that now. Now that I'm I'm not picturing the bottle, it, and I do remember it being either the the cognac barrel was very forward, or it was just uh, a little bit more of a malty stout as opposed yeah. to um, some I, of these super. I was just hoping for I mean, more. We're, yeah. we're also so very, especially in today's age, we're very used to. Um, uh, a lot of the pastry flavors when you think of stout. I mean, not yeah. to say that super sweet, very. But I mean, this, stout today is so not, closer to chocolate syrup than. But this does not come across as a stout. No, it, it definitely have doesn't. That, 
I mean, a it's founder's... Seen, it's too thin. You have, like, the, the founder's feels. breakfast out. I mean, that's where you really get a... a I mean, obviously, it's, it's coffee, but you get the true, like, kind of base stout type of flavors. Yeah. Sure. Um, that are a little bit more traditional, but also kind of new age as well. Yep. But, yeah. Well, I Interesting be a, choice. I thought it'd be a fun one to try. I think that was a fun one to try. Yeah. Um, we kind of stuffed, kind of not. Well, I think, I think we did about as good as we could have with the... the level the, of beer that that was yeah under the circumstances yeah. i think you guys nailed it i mean you you were you were off a little bit but i mean but what what it tastes like is different than what it should have been so right. agreed but yeah go back to the marion and <laughs> you'll be you'll be in a happy place it's quite good i think the the punchins actually come out a lot more on the marion once you taste it <laughs> all right so next up uh, we'll do, do another blind. blind. Uh, we're going to take a quick pause so we can wash out our glasses, and then we'll be back. All right, Ryan's making his way back. Um, I've poured the next blind one. He's gonna go. He's gonna go get. Ryan just went and got a pallet wrecker. Go for it, buddy. It's fine. You're good. Did you need to get something? No. All right. Just a little behind the scenes chat. A little behind the scenes. This is the unedited version. Here you go. So the more of this Marion Berry table warms is just fantastic. Just incredible. I don't... I don't know what this is. <laughs> I think that... That, um, that first whiff is like, whew. Yeah. So this is my blind. Did you pour this out of an old shoe? Jeez, what the... Is, is it that bad? <laughs> the smell of it is like... At first, I thought you were complimenting it, but now I'm a little worried to taste it. The The smell is kind of... Apparently, we just grabbed crappy beers today to um, blind each I other. Haven't, I haven't tried it yet, but all I'm, I'm commenting on the whiff. The first nose is kind of Well, like, I think it's, um, a, it's a good way to challenge each other. Next time, I'll just bring a Bud Light and pour that into your glass. Mm. We need to do that to see uh, if we can stump anybody. I think okay, it's barrel well, aged. It's got to be closer to nine or ten percent. It's a milk stout. Yeah. <laughs> I got to think that most people would uh, understand that, um, or at least have that in their back of their mind of what that tastes like. Yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of people who know the domestic lagers would be able to tell the difference between Coors Light, Miller Light, and Bud Light just tasting them all. Yeah. I mean, God knows that corn syrup and uh, real corn is now. An advertising That's thing, right. um, which is interesting. You, if you want to go ahead and talk about like what craft beer is doing today, you know, craft beer doesn't have quite the market share uh, over the last few years. It's kind of lost market share, beer in general. And of course, the big guys have always wanted to be a bigger part of that. And that whole Super Bowl corn syrup, not corn syrup ad was actually in a reaction to what those big companies thought they wanted to do together to help boost the beer industry as a whole. They were supposed to work together. And that was against what industry? Wine and liquor. Because millennials drink more liquor. Right. And the, the Miller so Coors... So what's the corn... So the Miller Coors and AB and Bev were going to join together to sort of continue to try to boost beer to younger generations. And I think part of the thing is like younger generations not only don't like beer and don't see it as a uh, their their drink of choice, but they also drink less. 
it's that cult mindful drinking or um, like abstinence. So they, they drink things like White Claw, they, which is that hard seltzer water. They drink yeah. like hard kombucha yep. now instead of drinking beer and instead of drinking wine. And so beer wanted to try to get more um, market share. It didn't come off that way. Right. Well, no. Well, the problem was they initially wanted to join forces and kind of be at least partners in advertising beer and putting beer forward and not trying to... But at the last minute, the whole idea that, that they were going to work together fell through. And that's when Bud Light and Miller started this sort of corn syrup. We use corn. You know, we put our ingredients on the label business. And so it ended up backfiring. To me, it seemed like they were attacking the pastry stout. That's what I kind of got off from... The whole thing was, we'll give you our ingredients because a lot of those craft beer places will not. And it's not artificial. It's real corn and real grains and not anything that's artificial. And um, I mean, they're, they're trying to play to their strengths. Syrupy that's, and, that's and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the other term. Well, like, for instance, I think part of the, the idea was people want to know what's in their food or yeah. drink. And so putting... But then with wine and liquor for like millennials, right? what what of that is a mystery? Well... You know, wines, grapes and... Yeah. But, but because like it's so... Well, first of all, part of that was the big beer companies trying to make it harder for craft breweries to... I mean, how much money would that go into say a place like angry chair trying to put all of their ingredients on every label for small batches it's a oh, yeah. that would be a huge expense to oh, yeah. get all of that passed and to get all of that on a label well you know budweiser can do that very easily cuz they only have like four ingredients but then it turned into not only trying to keep craft beer um, down from that perspective, but it, then it then it became a battle between Miller Coors and sort of going with this stupid corn syrup thing. Like that ship has sailed, where people worry about high fructose corn syrup and corn. I mean, neither of them really should be in beer, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like okay, don't drink drink Bud Light, don't drink Dr Pepper, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. right? But you know, so it, it just sort of goes against the whole. But, but it goes like with the whole Midwest. You know, Midwest is going to be like hell yeah, corn. You know, we grow that here. We want yeah. to have corn in our beer, and it's like that's not one of the core ingredients of beer. Sure, right. um, it's a it's a it's an adjunct that they call them an adjunct lager because corn is not one of the four original ingredients. Right. So yeah. it was just sort of silly, and that's yeah. my commentary on all that. All right, I'm moving back to this uh, blind uh, taste here. It, just a note here, real quick. This is interesting because it's 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 so interesting how our senses pair together obviously we've stripped away uh our our sight of it we don't know what this looks like because it's in a black glass but when only i had the smell i got this very like musty smell and that was the 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 shoe that i was talking about but now that i but now that i now that i taste it and i have taste hitting the 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 nose part of it it completely changes what i even smell in the glass now and i i get Right off the bat, I get kind of this dark fruits, uh, sort of a jammy fruit kind of a, a taste, and now and now it's kind of funny when I smell it, I don't get the same smell that I did earlier. I think it's helped it help open it up. 
I think it's warmed a little bit too. I, I didn't get the mustiness when, when you first described it. And I did. I don't know why. <laughs> maybe it's because I, I was expecting a, an old shoe. <laughs> and, uh, maybe that was a good descriptor, through, but, but I mean, it just came across as like this musty. I got barrel on the initial okay. nose. I mean, I just got a ton of just kind of like a, I don't know, a little bit of a vanilla oak wood uh, I don't scent. And flavor-wise, I get like a little bit of a chocolate cocoa nib type of flavor with, um, yeah, some kind of dark fruit, maybe blackberry, maybe plum, right? Something like that. Um, I See, would. I, I don't pick I, up as much I, barrel. I think though. it's. I'd like to say it's barrel aged with some kind of fruit, or maybe it's cognac or apple brandy barrel aged, and maybe it's a stout. Um, <laughs> part okay. of me thinks this is a well-made beer, and so as much as I want to say it's maybe under 10% ABV, I think it could be a very well-made beer that's 12, 13, yeah. maybe 14%-ish. I would agree with your ABV right in there. Um, it's kind of one of those sneaky ones where it's, I think it, it is well done to where it, it drinks more like a, an 8, but it could be like a, a 12 or something. I get no booze when I'm when I'm drinking it. Um, I feel a little heat as it goes down, like well, well, well after the finish, um, which makes me think it's more of, of a little bit of a hidden hidden one that will catch up to you a little bit. Um, we don't have a, a huge pour in here, I so do. it's not going to matter either way for us. But um, in, the, in the realm of I like, like it. The Whatever things, it is, I like it. You know, couple uh what was that two weeks ago we did the uh the, the bourbon tasting yes so uh those characteristics that i pick out in a barrel like bourbon barrel aged i'm not getting anything like that so maybe this is like an apple brandy or something like that but i'm not getting like a, a bourbon barrel aged i and i and i don't get a lot of uh, oak so i, I it's either going to be something like an apple brandy barrel, or I'm going to say, maybe I'll go out on a limb and say it's not barrel aged. All right. It's time. Because right. I don't want you guys to waste a lot of time. You guys actually did really well with this because this is not not easy. I brought the Iridium Flare. Oh, the mead. Wow. That's the sweetness that we're From Bottle Logic. This is a strong ale, so it's a barrel aged. It's technically called a braggot. It's a barrel-aged honey strong ale with honey and marion berries aged in bourbon barrels. So you guys wow. actually really did well with the marion berries. I did not berries, get the bourbon barrel, though. But you did well with the berries. Uh, you did well with barrel-aged. And uh, the sweetness, I think, that could be mistaken for like an adjunct stout is just the, the mead. And we were right on this booze. I'm seeing it on you the were, bottle, this were, meter. Yeah, as, as you were like going with the ABV, you <laughs> nailed it because it's 13.3%. Yeah, wow. And there, you don't get any of it. It's a 2017 I'm, release. You know, this is uh, That's fun. probably takes for another topic we need for a longer discussion. But uh, some of these bottle logics, I think they're underhyped. They're easy to get. Um, I don't know if I think it's because they made a lot of it and... Maybe people are a little fatigued on Bottle Logic beers. They're Not terrific. Mean. Not they mean. are fantastic. I, no fatigue here. I mean, you guys also nailed the fact this is pretty well made. People are yeah. basically giving away Fundamental Observation 2018. Um, there's a few others. The, uh, the the barley wine that we had, I don't remember the name. 
Oh gosh, it was or very brandy good. barrel aged barley wine. I it was believe very good. it was very good. Um, some of these are really really easy to get if you just know someone in California. You know, yep. they'd probably call them shelf turds out there. I and love they're, them. They're great. They're no, killing they're, it. This is and this is one that we kind of said we need to try it sometime, but. You know, I, people weren't really talking much about it. It was no big deal. It was easy to get. I've like, pulled it out so many times. It's I'm terrific. Like, yeah, we should open this. This is a. I was like, this is a great one to share between a few people, um, and it's very. It's good. This, it's good. Blind blind taste testing really challenges you. To anyone that's listening to this, if you haven't tried doing blind tasting, I would I would really challenge you to do this because it when you strip away your senses like the sight or like what I what I had with just the smell before a taste it really i mean it's interesting how all of your senses come together to enjoy uh a beer like this or a, a mead like this and uh yeah and it's a, just i i would i never would have got this off of just uh smell uh i couldn't i couldn't pick up the marionberry or anything off the smell it just smelled i smelled musty and maybe that's what you were what you smelled as barrel Maybe we were disinterpreting yeah, that. Yeah, I think as it warmed up, I think the fruits just blossomed. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it as really, as really shined it, as it warmed and up. As soon as I tasted it, the the it was like boom, dark fruit. And, berry. and this is also a um, a collaboration with Superstition Meadery. Oh, nice. that's right, I forgot about yeah. that. So I think it's, as we I talked about kind of Superstition a, earlier, there we go. The Marion out of Phoenix or Scottsdale, um, the Marion. Yeah. So Evan, what were your thoughts since you hadn't had this before when you first were taking sips and knew what you were drinking? It was like that first sip was not great. The first sip and smell was not great, but as soon as it got exposed, it got a little oxygen. And I never like as soon as I brought it from home, it's not it's not been cold. I mean it's been cold, but it I didn't cool it back down. So I think that the temperature still needed to come down a bit. But I, I agree. I, I I think all your tasting points were very spot on in terms of it, 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 it's a very undistinguishable style well strong ales are perfect for a blind taste testing because they'll pretty much stump you every time yeah because it's almost it's, it's almost like a barley wine but it could be a little bit on the stout side of things sometimes and it's, it's it kind of crosses malt, boundaries it really does right. and and especially it's a great, when you it's a great style that put think, in a bunch of honey in here and kind of make it the braggot style which yep. is kind of a crossover mead beer style oh it's terrific See, Great honestly, choice. I probably would have pegged that as like a, a sweet stout is where I was but, going with but it. But it kind of can, it masks itself unless you right. saw it right. as all of those things. Right. So, yeah, I was really torn was between a apple brandy barrel-aged stout versus a bourbon barrel-aged stout fruited. But this yep. was bourbon barrel-aged. And it's strong ale, strong ale inter- but it's fruited. I and and it's, I, oh, I just the honey's not, coming I did not now. get a lot of the, the bourbon barrel. But. It's funny. If you go, if you continue to go back to the Marionberry table, like how much the, oh, like the punchins come out in this like just wonderful oak and, 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 and wood on this Marionberry table. Good, goodness gracious. Cognac punchins. That's right. These are, these are too good to have side by side. Gosh. <laughs> they complement each other really well, but they they're do. so different. Yeah, they do. Well, when you said you were bringing the Marionberry table, that's why I Great. brought this. Awesome choice. So let's enjoy this a little bit longer and do some beer trivia. Yeah, let's do that. All right, a little beer trivia. Beer trivia. See how much you know. All right, hang on here. All right, question one. How many Budweiser Clydesdales are hitched to the company beer wagon? Twelve. 
I was, if I would guess, um, I would say. I, I'm going to give you uh, A, B, C, D. Oh. So uh, A, 6, B, 7, C, 8, D, 10. 8. And for the listeners' gonna, uh, record, yes, the same person that said 12 said 8. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to say 7 because something tells me that there's a single Clydesdale at the front. The correct answer is eight. Ah. Woo! All right. Ryan, one for one. Evan, O for one. O for one. All right. Question. Uh, beer stein lids were created to A, keep out dust, B, protect against the plague, <laughs> C, make sure no one drinks your beer, or D, identify a person's mug. All right. I don't want to say dust because Germans don't let their beers sit that long. <laughs> That's a great answer. <laughs> Germans in Bavaria do. <laughs> but I thought that, a, you know, like... Germans in Cologne do not. <laughs> That's why they give you the uh, three-ounce pours, pours. never-ending. Yeah, never-ending pours. You'll never know when you're done, especially when you have to catch a flight the next day. <laughs> All right. Um, 118 three-ounce shooters. <laughs> For five people for a four-hour dinner. Jeez. Someone do the math. All right, read, read them again. All right, so a beer stein lid was created for keeping out dust, to protect against the plague, to make sure no one drinks your beer, or to identify a person's mug. I would, I would just say to identify a person's mug. I'll go dust. I think Evan's right. The correct answer is B, to protect against Dang. the plague. Back what? in the 14th century, the bubonic plague decimated the population of Europe. It was considered wise to cover your food and drink whenever possible. Okay, so the plague. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, wow. I thought that was like the double trick question. It's in there to yeah. make you think it's a trick question, but then... Nope, it's actually the it's real answer. Stump you. All right. Scientific studies show that the shape of glassware directly influences what in your beer? A, temperature, B, head and retention, C, taste and smell, D, color. Taste and smell. Taste and smell. B, head oh, augmentation and retention. I have, I'm not keeping track, Dang it. so who's... We are I'm I've got for one. Like four over I'm three. one for three. Evans over, over three. Four. Busted out some good ones tonight. Jeez. Which special interest group lobbied Wisconsin to change the state drink from milk to beer? A. United Brewery Association. B. International Fraternity Council. C. Uh, PETA. D. Anheuser Busch. I would bet it's Anheuser Busch. I know it's not IFC. I was on IFC when I was in college. <laughs> we did not. We did not lobby. I'll say A. You went with A. Um, actually, you're both wrong. It's PETA. 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 Oh, in, stupid. In 2000, What's people PETA? from the uh, protection uh, of it's, it's animal, yeah, the protection and animal in, in, rights, in, in, yeah. rights. Uh, basically the uh, protection and something and treatment milk of animals. is harmful to humans and meant to only only to be for calves was their uh, 
take on it. Hippies. Uh, so they, therefore, <laughs> they launched the Got Beer uh, movement. Wow, something I actually agree with Pete on. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to skip this one because we've had that one before. I don't know how that got in there. All right. Uh, beer was banned in the country of Iceland from 1915 to 1989. True or false? True. True. Correct. In 1908, Iceland voted to ban all alcoholic drinks. It did not take effect until 1915. Uh, then, in 1933, prohibition was repealed, except for beer. Finally, in 1988, the government agreed to legalize beer again. Oh, wow! That is a long time without beer. That's a that's a drought. Yep. Okay, next next question. And then Mike, they made Mighty Ducks too. Lambic is the world's showcasing oldest Iceland style of like beer. three years later. <laughs> Lam- Sorry. Yeah, you got this. Lambic is the oldest. I'm sorry. Lambic is the world's oldest style of beer. True or false? Mm. True. Is that true? I'm pretty sure, based on the research I did for our Lambic episode. True. A couple months ago. <laughs> You're like, true. Uh, true. Yes, that is correct. All I right. think it dates back to it like. It dates prior like, to the Ryan Heights caboot. Yeah, I think it dates back to 1400s. All right, got a couple more here. Beers can get their bubbles in a process called A, racking, B, bunging, C, cold filtering, D, napping. I'm going to say bunging. Racking. The correct answer is B, bunging. Bunging? Woo! I think I'm up two on that. Some beers or ales, carbonation is produced by a natural process called bunging in which carbon dioxide bubbles are trapped in the beer towards the end of fermentation. I guess I... Yeah, all right. All right, moving on. Where is the oldest active brewery in the world? A, Switzerland, B, Germany, C, Ireland, D, Japan. Germany. Weinstefaner, um, right? Is that the world's oldest brewery? I'm going to just uh, go different from Evan and say Ireland. Evan is correct on country and... Oh, all right. Brewery. Nicely done. Too bad you don't get two points for that. Two, I, I'm going to give him two Four points. Four to three. Four to three. <laughs> I'm going to give him two points. This could, be, this could be it. He gets two points for that. All right. This is a true or false it's question. Trash. Last one. The Pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock because their ship ran out of beer. False. True. The correct answer is true. Oh, come on. Oh. Four to four. Four to four. I'm not conceding this. Yes. The crew of the Mayflower uh, dumped uh, New England forefathers because the ship was running low on beer. So that's where they, that's why they stopped. What I've learned is this is so centric on beer is there's no trick questions. True. <laughs> Four to four. Fun N- stuff. Nicely done. Evan came back. I came roar- back because, wow, roar- did I start off bad. Roaring back. Good job. Um, 
Should we take a quick break and uh, do one more one, blind, one blind more pour? Blind. A pour from the wall uh, from uh, Poor Brothers, Peoria Heights, Illinois, and then uh, Sounds good. close up? Yep. yep. All right. We'll be back. Hi, everyone. This is Cutter. Tony. Ross, Joel, and Clint from Three Beers In, a proud member of the Hopped Up Network. Each episode, we review a local Austin craft beer and talk about Club and Bananas, references I don't get, and Academy Award winner Matthew McConaughey. So tune in, crack open a beer, and hang out with us. Find us on hoppedupnetwork.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, or on threebeersinpodcast.com. This This is is the the podcast. podcast. All right, we're back. We're going to do blind pour three. Everyone, sniff away and taste away. I get a lot of maltiness again. Like spiciness. On the nose, I get, I get some boozy alcohol on the nose. still fairly cold for being out of the fridge for like an hour. Yeah. It is It is still cold. I'm trying to let this open up a little bit Yeah, here. I think it's it needs swirling. to open up. I think it needs to open up. Let's I get sit in the palm of your hand for yeah. a minute. It, it, it so. just doesn't take long for these. You know, you just kind of yeah. open them up. It's a good way to taste. And I didn't pour a ton. It's probably three ounces or so per cup. I think a good rule of thumb when you want to do stuff like this, uh, even if it's just yourself and your own beer, open it's like a wine. Open it up, pour it into a glass, let it sit. I mean, it's not a lager. You don't need to drink it ice cold. Right. Um, I made the mistake. Does this glass change n- colors when, when we can drink it? <laughs> not quite yet. Like Coors Light can. <laughs> I made the mistake. We were in, uh, I think we talked about, we were in, I was in Colorado in December, and I brought a nice bottle of wine out there and to drink with, like, my dad and a couple of his friends. Right. And they only had uh, stemless glasses, and so basically about this size, yeah. maybe a little bit smaller, actually. So they're probably, I don't know, 8 to 10 ounce glasses each. They're fairly small. And so for four of us, I split the bottle of wine up for basically one glass per person and did it in a way that I filled every glass up, basically. <laughs> so, you know, one guy's kind of a wine, wine connoisseur. He's from Peoria. The other two, like wine, aren't super, you know, snobby about it or snooty about it or whatever. And, um, you know, the guy that's a wine connoisseur is like, you know, you really need to do like one or two ounce pours so that you can you know stir it around let it open up and all that and it's like oh yeah i was like we kind of do that with beer and i didn't even think about it with wine which sure. is actually where yeah. it originated yeah exactly yeah. oh well this this beer kind of ha- i'm, this, I'm this stumped hard. i'm stumped i think ryan's got a complex one here for us do you like it not particularly i think it's got again that kind of barley wine um uh, I was hoping maltiness for a little- like that kind of Caramel, toffee, the, the f- roasty. The flavors I'm okay with. I like the flavor profile. Uh, I, you know, it's a little, a little thin on the mouthfeel. So I'm not. I'm gonna say that's probably older than. You know, I'm gonna say it's over two years old. Do you think it's barrel aged? Hang on. 
I don't know. I don't know if I'm right, but that kind of like rye spiciness, a little bit. I get that. I'm gonna. I will say I'm. I'm surprised by the flavors. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna say non-barrel aged. If it is, it's just it's not a lot. I I I don't like it. I mean, I don't reveal. love it. This is the Firestone Walker Anniversary Ale from. It is barrel aged. It is barrel aged. Of course, aged. it is. Um, X V I I. I believe that's eighteen. Uh, yes. Roman numeral, Which, yes. Uh, I think 18 was three or four years ago. So these come in a box with a piece of paper on for all of the uh, descriptions. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, my gosh. Holy cow. October 1st, 14, 2014. Hear ye, hear ye. I got the uh, aged part right, I guess. It's over two years. So it's 38% parabola. Which is their 13% Russian Imperial Stout, Stout aged right. in bourbon barrels. It's 16% Hel Dorado, which is a blonde barley wine aged in bourbon and brandy barrels, 11.7%. 16% Bravo, which is a Imperial Brown Ale aged in bourbon and brandy barrels, 12.9%. 14% Sticky Monkey aged in bourbon and brandy barrels, English barley wine, 12.3%. Um, then you have a mix of like five, four, three percent, two, two of um, Velvet Merkin, which is their oatmeal stout aged in bourbon barrels, eight point five percent. Hydra Cuvee, jeez, a this flying dog collaboration, um, a hoppy it's dark a, it's beer, a mess of beers, aged in bourbon barrels. They've got American Black jeez. IPA in stainless steel. No, um, no, it's just. Um, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a no There's, for me. I mean, the thing is, that's why, I mean, you can't even put your finger on this. It's a mix of everything. Yeah. Actually, I, 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 I am a fan of the, the Velvet Merkin. That's one of my favorite beers from them. Yeah. I actually maybe like that one more than Parabola. But uh, that is a crazy hodgepodge of... Uh, it's just kind of a mess. That's a, that's a cuvee of like... Too much. Epic proportions. That, you know, and I've had it for a while, obviously, um, and... I kind of wanted to age it for a while because I yeah. had a lot of these fresh, and I thought their series of the anniversary was pretty cool how they just do blends of, like, a lot of their popular beers together. This one, I mean, I think most of them are usually, like, four or five beers, and this one's, like, nine. That's a lot. Um, I mean, I think age did not do it justice. You know, I, think, no. I mean, I don't mind the flavors, but it just kind of, you couldn't, you couldn't pinpoint what it was. You know what that not, is right there? I did not get a lot of barrel. You know what that is right there? That is at the end of a big bottle share. Everyone took like the last little slug of every uh-huh. single bottle and poured it into a glass and said, hey, why don't you try this? <laughs> the whale cuvee. That's the whale cuvee. <laughs> and then they flip a coin or draw straws Jeez. for someone to chug it. <laughs> <laughs> With a little backwash. <laughs> oh. So right. back to the Marion ter- Mar- Mar- table. See, you know, at the savior here tonight was the Marion Mar- Mar- Berry table. I don't know why I find that hard to hard to read. That was a great beer. Well, we great have to beer. note that uh, Poor Brothers here has a great little combi- not little, but great combination of 
kind of all of the spectrums. Yes, they do. Um, they've got the Revolution. They got um, a couple Revolution Deeth series, like the Deep Woods, uh, okay. Deep Woods series. They've got uh, Cafe Deeth and Mine Shaft Gap uh, and Straight Jacket. Yeah, right. Probably one. Um, so they had a tap takeover about a week and a half or two weeks ago. Was it Pilsner? There's I had a, a yeah. It was a Champagne Velvet or Velvet Champagne from Upland. It was the Pilsner. Pilsner. It was really they nice. Had the Pina Colada uh, Goza from Distill, their their sour series. They do. Uh, they also have a, a cider and a meat on. You got sixteen Avery beers on White tap over Rascal. There. That's a really really uh, popular popular beer, but it's a nice wheat uh, wit beer. Um, and then Sweetwater Four Twenty Extra Pale Ale, also really popular, but a nice pale. Yeah. Um, and then they always have a meat on, but they've got two on right now. They've got three or four sours, just a nice blend, a combination, a couple IPAs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the keys was morning latte from uh, Topsley Goliath that we kind of started with and said, well, if we're doing blind blind tastings and everything else, we got to save this yeah. a little bit for later. It's kind of a palate record. Cleanse our palate and, and uh, stick with the more lighter sour. So. Um, they're doing a great job here, and uh, they did this Revolution Tap takeover with, I think, 12 of their 15 taps for Revolution. Yep. They didn't sell out of it all, and they just said, we're not going to get a crowd here if we keep all of these on for, you know, right. the, the rest of time until they till they sell out. So we got to do, like, three at a time or whatever. So they had Vanilla Deep last week. It sold out. So they got That's great. Cafe Deep and a couple others. and cafe will probably sell out this weekend and they'll just kind of keep them going and rotating it in so revolution great job of getting all the kegs down here and everything else it was a great event that they did over the weekend uh two weekends ago i guess and if you're in the peoria area don't forget that they do have scratch beers uh and also the white rooster beers for sale uh i'm sorry guys but i'm buying the last late july so screw you <laughs> dang dang I'll bring it uh, to a share sometime. Uh, it actually was fantastic, like Lambic-ish. So um, thanks for coming down. Uh, thanks for bringing the family, Ryan. Thanks, Poor um, Brothers. Thanks to Poor Brothers, as always. We appreciate Let's get their some support. some slow-hand barbecue. That's why I'm trying to hurry this Let's along, because yeah. I want burnt so and tacos. Starving. And Mark is about ready to eat his glass. Yeah. So. <laughs> We're heading up there next. All right. Cheers, fellas. All right. Good cheers. to be Good to be back. Thanks, Evan. Cheers.